0: Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be with you here in worship, to be able to celebrate wherever you are in our online church, to be able to celebrate Jesus Christ and the, the great work that He is doing in the world, even at a time such as this. Hey, my hope is that if you are new here, that if you're brand new here, you maybe you were invited to come to, to worship at online church with us, or, or maybe you just stumbled across our, our channel... We're we're just excited that you're here. We're excited that you have chosen to be a part of what we're doing. And and we just want to invite you to come along for the journey because we recognize that, hey, we don't have it all together, but we know the one who does, and that's Jesus Christ. And we want to be more like him. And we want to invite you to come alongside of us so that we can grow in our relationship with one another and our relationship with God so that we can love the world the way that God has designed us to, so that we can make a difference in the world for the kingdom of God right here and right now. It's kind of the idea we have uh, for this sermon series that we 've been talking about since last week, uh, since the month of February is the month of love in the minds of, of Hallmark and grocery stores and pharmacies, uh, we just wanted to kind of ta- reclaim that a little bit. And we started out by talking about the fact that love does. Love is active, love, love is a participant, um, and God loved us before we were lovable and, and comes after us. And, and that was kind of the, the fundamental idea that we had for last week. And this week, we're going to take that in the direction of love is a verb. And I know in that sentence, uh, it's already been pointed out to me that love is actually acting as a noun, but we understand that love is a verb, that love is something that's active and happens. And, and we want to reclaim the idea of love because if we don't reclaim it, then things like this are really what, what we do. I, I did a, a crazy Google search and said, hey, what are some strange gifts for ha- Valentine's? And uh, this was one of the strangest. It's a Nicolas Cage sequins pillow. One way it's gold sequins, the other reveals the national treasure that is Nicolas Cage. Um, and, and so I, 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 you know, last week we had a pink poo, on, on the the video, uh, and so this week we have uh, you know Nicholas Cage Pillow, who knew that uh, love is weird that 's one of the other things that we talked about last week is love is weird, uh, but love is also active and, and, and love wants you to move and do something love wants you to be involved and a participant here's what i mean when i was last week we left off with me in millington tennessee uh as a, a young guy in the navy um spending all of my money on phone calls well i had a bright idea I decided one weekend, hey, you know what? Instead of spending my money on phone calls, why don't we drive back to Houston? And I had a good friend named Private First Class Funkhauser. Uh, How could you not be friends with a guy named Funkhauser? I mean, it was awesome. So he lived in Houston as well. And and so we got together and said, hey, we hatched a plan. It was a scheme to drive to Houston. We got out of school at, at about three, but we were still on duty technically until six p.m. that night. And we decided, hey, at 6 p.m. from Millington, Tennessee, we're going to depart and we are going to head to Houston, Texas. Now at 55 miles an hour, that's about 11 hours of travel time to get to Houston and then get to, uh, to uh, Erica's house at that point. Uh, and so we, we decide, hey, we're going to drive back to Houston. No problem. We had this other girl. She was a Marine and she lived in Houston too, but she was going on leave. And so she said, hey, I'll help pay for some of the gas to get us there. And we were like, hey, more money. Let's get in the car. So 6 p.m. rolls around and we get in the car on a Friday at 6 p.m. and we drive all the way to Houston. And, and the trip uh, led to some wrong ways down one-way roads and getting gas in the middle of nowhere and hoping we can find a gas station because we let the gas go too far and, and just barely pulling it out and then heading all the way there. And, and we arrived in Houston uh, around five o'clock in the morning just a crazy long trip. And then we're exhausted because we've driven that whole way. So uh, I, I went to Erica's house and everybody else went their own separate ways. And I woke up around two o'clock in the afternoon uh, after going there and, and had a good solid 12 to 14 hours of hanging out with Erica. And then the next day, then, then going to sleep. And then the next day having to depart to go back to Tennessee. And, and and here's the deal. I, I, I spent almost twenty-four hours in a car to spend ten to fourteen hours with a person. Uh and, and to me this makes no sense now. Looking at it, it just may, it's not logical like that's too much time in a car for too little time in person. Now, the, the girl that was a Marine who I can't remember what her name was, but she was the only smart one with us, because she was going on leave, and so this got her to Houston without having to pay too much money, and she was staying for a while, where private first-class funkhauser and I had to drive down and then had to drive back in just just a little bit of time. So, uh, the interesting thing though is that love doesn't care. The truth is this love doesn't care if it makes sense. Love doesn't care if it's reasonable. Love doesn't care if it's something that, that should be done or if it's going to block out some time or if it's going to ruin an entire week. Love doesn't care. Love wants you to act. And love requires you to act. You can't be a bystander with love. You can't sit on the sidelines and watch love at a distance and be a part of it. Love requires you to do that. And that's one of the things, honestly, that Valentine's Day gets right. Uh, Valentine's, th- th- we're celebrating Valentine's weekend this weekend. And, and my guess is you've, you've probably made your uh, purchases or whatever to, to share the love that you have for your significant other or your kiddos or whatever. Uh, you've made those purchases already. If not, you could still probably get that Nicolas Cage pillow for pretty cheap. <laughs> but... But in reality, you probably already have done that. And, and you've provided some semblance of love to, to somebody that's significant to you. Like I said, your loved one or your, your kiddos, uh, maybe your mom or, or whatever. Send flowers to your mom on Valentine's Day. That's, that's a, a big winner in my, in my book. Uh, so here's the deal. Um, the, there's always action in that. You have to go to the store and buy the candies or chocolates or flowers or whatever it is that you're providing for your significant other or family or friend or whatever. Um, you're, you're doing that. I remember when my kids were uh, young and we would, they, you know, the school, at the school that they were at, everybody had to get a Valentine card. So if you were going to provide Valentine's, that's great. You just had to have enough for everyone. And so they would go and do all of the Valentine's cards for every. that's out there. Because love is active. Love is doing. Love doesn't sit on the sidelines. And and the love that we have For God is similar to that because we've all experienced Valentine's Day. We've all experienced the love that we recognize, and we've all been a part of an action or active love where we do something in response to what what we feel on the inside. Again, love is not just an emotion, but it is emotional. Love is not just a feeling, but it does involve our feelings and it gets us active and moving. And our love of God is similar in that way as a matter of fact in first john uh, it says this dear children let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth let us not love with words or speech but in actions and in truth this is the fundamental idea of what love requires love requires us to act Love requires us to do. It's not just what we talk about, it's what we act upon. It's not just an idea or, or mental... mental exercise of, of visibly, you know, of visualizing what it would be like, but instead of, of taking part and being active and going that extra mile to, to demonstrate your love for others. And, and Jesus is saying uh, through John in this that, that we need to do this with actions and in Truth, so that our love comes from a a place of of truth and a place of of hope, and and it it bubbles over out of us so that the world can experience that through us. Because we've been called to that, and we have so many great examples in the the Bible of, of people that are overcome by their love of God, by their love of Jesus, and they have to act upon it. Uh, or by their love of a loved one, and they have to act upon that. One of my favorite stories in the Gospels, and I have a lot of... Fa- I say that a lot. I, I get that. One of my favorite stories. Well, they're, they're all great, and that's why they're part of my favorite. But one of the ones that I really just see love pouring out of is a story that takes place not long after Jesus has called his disciples. And it, in the, the Gospel of Mark... Um, which Mark was a, uh, a follower uh, of, of Peter. So Mark kind of took Peter's stories and wrote them down. He wasn't one of the, the 12 disciples, uh, but he was uh, somebody who hung out with Peter. And so he kind of took Peter's story and wrote it down. And so uh, in Mark's gospel there's a scene where Jesus has called his disciples, and, and they've really started their ministry in the, along the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee, and they return back to a town called Capernaum. Now, C- Peter lived in Capernaum and had his house there, and so did James and John, and, and so did Peter's brother Andrew, and so they all kind of lived in this town called Capernaum where they had been fishermen before. And now Jesus has called them to be followers of his, and they've started to uh, begin his earthly ministry to make a difference uh, and, and teach people who God is and what God's love is all about. And so now we have this scene where Jesus is returning to the town in Capernaum after he started to make a difference in the world. And, and the, the rumors and the, uh, the idea that Jesus can heal people has started to circulate. And so it says this, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. Now, Jesus had made Capernaum his base of operations. So this was where people considered his home. And so Jesus, again, is coming back into Capernaum, and and, and the people had heard. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to him. So here's the picture. Jesus is hanging out at Peter's house, and in Peter's house, uh, there there is uh, not a whole lot of space. It's not like a big, huge cathedral room, right? It's a home. And so Jesus is inside the home, and, and the people have come to hear Jesus speak, to hear Jesus' words. And, and so now a large crowd forms inside, so much so that you can't get in through the door. The crowd keeps people from getting in. So there are people outside of the house that are just working really hard to hear what Jesus has to say. It's in this picture that we have the next part of the story. Some men came bringing to him, Jesus, a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and, and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. Now, here's the deal. <laughs> I love this picture because they're not taking no for an answer. Their love for maybe this friend or family member, this man that was paralyzed, is too much to be turned away by a crowd. So they get there and the crowd is preventing them from being able to take this person they love to the person that they have hopes that he can heal, that he can remove the paralysis and and that they can then return to community, return to life. And, And so they get there and they see that there's no way through the door. Nobody's budging. Hey, can we get through? No, nobody's given any room. And so what do they do? They climb up on the roof. Now in a first century home, the way that this would happen is they would build these homes, and, and on the roof, uh, in the summertime, a lot of times families would sleep on the roof. So the roof is not like leaves or, or just thatch. The roof is actually made, they would take, they have beams that go across, and then on top of that, they would put reeds and, and vines and, and limbs that would hold that. And then on top of that, they would put mud plaster. So they would make a plaster out of mud and water, and, and it would be on the top. And and sometimes it was six to eight inches thick. And so these guys go up to the roof and they start digging through the mud plaster so that they can then make a hole that's big enough to lower a man down on a stretcher all the way down to him. And so the, the, the picture of this, the, the, the activity, the love that they have for this guy says there are no boundaries. Uh, yes, going through somebody's roof is probably faux pas, even back in the first century, yet they didn't care. They didn't care what the rules were. They didn't care what the right thing to do were. They didn't care about the politics of the moment. Instead, they cared about their friend, and they knew that they had a chance for him to be healed in Jesus. And so they dig a hole big enough for him to be put through. They remove the reeds and the vines, and they lower him down through that in front of Jesus. And Jesus is astonished not by their love, but by their faith. And here's, here's something that I want us to understand, is the faith we have comes from the love that we have. The faith that we demonstrate is because of the love that we have. And Jesus recognizes their, their love, their faith in the, the, the boundaries that they just demolish and cross and go across, so that they can share um, their love with this person with Jesus. And so they open the hole in the roof lower him down. And Jesus forgives his sin and ultimately restores him uh, to the ability to walk. And he gets up and takes his mat and he goes. He's able to, to, to rise and go again in, in the way that he had been before. He was paralyzed. And, and this is all because of the crazy love and, and, and care that his four friends or family members or whoever it was had for him. And so they didn't, they didn't care about any of the boundaries. They didn't care about any of the, the you know, what's right and required in, in proper society. What they cared about was their friend. And, and they knew that they had the hope of him being restored to them through Jesus. And, and they went through everything they could to do that. And, and that's what it looks like to love Jesus. That's how it feels to love Jesus. That's what love looks like in the eyes of Jesus. It's it's a love that's active, that pursues Jesus with everything we have so that we can make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. And why do we love like that? Because we love because he first loved us. Now here's the kicker. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar whoever claims to love God, yet hates his brother or sister, is a liar. John continues and says this, for whoever does not love their brother or sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. Now, John is saying that Your love has to be active. Jesus doesn't leave it open to us to have a discussion about who who it is that we need to include in the love that we have. Actually, he had that conversation already. Earlier in in the Gospels, we see the story of Jesus interacting with a rich young ruler who who, uh, comes to Jesus and says, Hey, what what do I need to do to follow God? He says, Love God, love your neighbor, and, and do both of those things. Um, And and so he wanted to justify himself before God, before Jesus. And so he said, hey, who is it that is my neighbor? And when we read that story about love your brother or sister, we can, we can ask that same question. Well, well, what do they mean by brother or sister? And it's the same answer that Jesus had for uh, that young person is, is that, hey, your, your neighbor is everybody. The, the, the people around you are your brother and sister because everybody around us is precious to Jesus. And what God is doing is God is saying, hey, I want you to be a part of this and you have to go out and make a difference in your, uh, in your area, in your neighborhood, in, in the people that matter to me, which is everybody. Everybody. And so that answers that question. Who's our brother and sister? It's everybody around us. And so we have to go because the reason that we have to go is, is, is simple. It's because love has to be active. Love has to participate. Love has to move. There is no sidelines for love. Love is all in. Love goes and, and does what is necessary to make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. In, in the church, we take this seriously. Uh, and, and here at Cassidy, we, we take it seriously to the point that we want everybody to be active and involved, not in the church, but in the world around us. We want us to, to be forming pockets of community. And I know right now it's hard for us to do that, but but in these pockets of community, we demonstrate who Jesus is in that pocket of community, whether it's with a group of Christians or non-Christians, whether it's with a group of friends and family, or if it's a group of people that we're trying to help and make a difference for. And we we look at this and we say that, that there are five pieces, really five things that we need to do as followers of Jesus so that we can be prepared to share who we are in love with the world around us. And and those five things are are this. We start with our prayers. We pray for those around us. We pray that God will use us. We pray that we can be instruments of God's love in the world. We share with our presence uh, because we want to be present with each and every person. Here's the deal. God loved us enough to come into the world to pursue us And come to where we were. So God meets us where we are, but then moves us from where we are to where He is. And and He does that by being present with us, and He sends us into the world to be present with others in the world to meet them where they are and share the radical love and grace of Jesus Christ with them where they are so that they can move. We do this by sharing our gifts so that we can make a difference in the world on behalf of Jesus Christ. We do this by sharing our service, that we serve those around us. We serve the world so that they can see the love of Jesus Christ. And we share this by sharing our witness, which informs people who Jesus is. Why do we act the way we do? Because Jesus has loved us and it has changed everything for us. And and we need to find ways to live out our love for Jesus Christ. You need to find a way, an outlet for the love that you have for Jesus Christ. Now, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I, I, I really, I'm struggling to find a way to do this. What, is, what does it look like to love uh, people in my community the way that Jesus wanted me to? And I, I think we have a couple of great ministry opportunities that we have here, but this isn't the extent of it. And I'll tell you what I mean in just a minute. First, we, we, we work with Care to Learn Care to Learn uh, is is an organization that wants to remove poverty from students' lives. Here's the problem. Uh, when, when students are hungry, they don't learn the way that they should. When they have uh, hygiene problems, they don't learn the way that they should. When they, when they are experiencing difficulties in just basic necessities, their mind isn't on the things that, that they need to. And so Care to Learn looks to, to fill that gap, to step into that void. And they do this this way. Um, they, they provide backpacks with hygiene products and food. They, they help with clothing. They help with all kinds of things. But their, their solution is this. Um, you can give $12. $12 gets a backpack for a student for a week. Or $48 gets a backpack for a student, and, and in the backpack is food and hygiene products for a month. $96 gets a student a backpack and hygiene products for a quarter uh, a quarter. gets a backpack of food for a student with hygiene products also for the semester, or $432 for the entirety of a year. Yeah, it's basic math, but that basic math makes a difference in the life of a student. Now, we also get together on Wednesdays, and we go out there and we offer to pack those backpacks. Every Wednesday, Cassidy Church is like the number one provider of volunteers out at Care to Learn so that we can load those backpacks up, so that we can prepare those. And over 250 backpacks per week are taken to the different schools in our area so that we can make a difference for those around us, for those students. And and so we put it up there. Text 84321, put the amount you want to give and send it to Care to Learn. That's a way that you can be a part of loving the community radically. Here's another one. Least of these. We've been talking about the Super Bowl, S-O-U-P-E-R Bowl. We don't want to talk about the Super Bowl, uh, but... We, we want to continue to give to least of these. Least of these is a food pantry in our area, and they, they require our assistance. We volunteer out there. We give out there. We make a difference out there. And if you text 84321, put the amount you want, and Super Bowl, it'll automatically set it up so that you can give to that ministry area. Now, here's the deal. These are two big ministries. This isn't the extent of what Jesus is calling you to. This is two things you can do. What Jesus is saying is, this is what it looks like to love. Uh, I, I want you to, to be all in, to, to go as deep as you can with everybody you come in contact with. So while these two ministries are a great place to, to get an idea of what it looks like to serve, to, to love the community, it's not the, the end all be all. The end-all be-all is that you start to love people the way that Jesus loves people, that you start to live out your faith the way that Jesus wants you to by by sharing the love and grace that Jesus has in your life, has already shared with you in, in the lives of others. And the truth is this, the world needs us to make a difference for Jesus. The world needs us to make a difference for Jesus, because when we do, everyone takes notice. And and it brings joy to our Father in heaven, and it brings light and life into the world. And our love finds a way to do something, to be a part of that. It finds an outlet. And when, when you act on God's love, when you act on the love that God has given you, that love grows it's impossible to keep it bottled up because then you start wanting to share more of the love that you have received from God with others and you want to see the difference that you have experienced in your life to happen for others. And that's why we serve a God that, that is filled with love and compassion. And that's why when we talk about the activity, the, 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 the verb of love, that, that it is active and its motion and it is doing. So don't let anything hold you back. Don't let anything hinder you. Instead, let's go all in for Jesus Christ and go out into the world and make a difference on his behalf. Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift you give us in Jesus. Thank you for showering your great love upon us, for holding nothing back but loving us where we are and helping us to get to where you are. Help us to grow in our relationship with you and help us to share that love that we have received from you with everyone we come in contact with. Lord, let us recognize that you care for everyone around us, that you don't have any, any barriers or, or limitations to who you love, and help us to respond in love in that same way. Help us to love those that, that we are, are in contact with. Help us to love those that we uh, are neighbors with. Help us to love those that we are in community with so that we can be more like Jesus in everything we do, so that we can share your radical love and grace, so that we can lift up and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Father, we ask this in your gracious name, and we ask that it be done in the name of Jesus. And all of us agreed and said, amen.